you know that? He used to be invisible, but I think he lost his powers. I told you to ask for my help before it was too late. What kind of a, a sick, twisted place do you come from? They wanted perfect soldiers. Reinbacher's son, O1. He travels using water. Girls kick ass. O1, how do you feel? This is a Sci-Fi Rewind with Kevin Batchelder, Miles P. McLaughlin, and Scott Herzog. Welcome to this episode of Sci-Fi Rewind. Yes, you heard it. We have a name, Miles. Welcome to the show. I am delighted to be here. And Kevin, awesome to have hey, you I- back on. Yes. And so, yeah, we had uh, we did that whole poll, and we were calling it the Viewing Challenge. It's kind of this joint venture between the Sci-Fi Diner podcast and the Tuning Into Sci-Fi podcast and our Sci-Fi TV, excuse me, podcast. And here we are now with our own name. Cool. I feel, I feel <laughs> yes. a sense of arrival here. <laughs> well, you know, the masses have spoken. We, we went, we let them pick a name, you know, so... Yeah. I think it was a good choice, and uh, it makes a lot of sense. Now we got something to use going forward. Yeah, yeah, we do. Well, I, I know you guys are certainly glad I did not get my first choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we started recording, I was giving Scott a little bit of a hard time on his favorite. It didn't quite flow off the tongue as well as Sci-Fi Rewind. Uh, sci-Fi Reclamation Project. Come on, Sci-Fi Reclamation Project. Awesome name, Miles. It, it sounds like uh, a waste extraction. <laughs> <laughs> See, I get no love here. No love. No we love. Going with the, the SRP for short or something. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. Miles, what was your top vote? Do you remember? I was very partial to Sci-Fi Rewind. That sounded almost uh, uh, kind of like a time travel type thing. So that kind of uh, appealed to me. Yeah. Rewind. That's so VHS, so. Well, we're kind of talking about past shows, so it's kind of appropriate. I guess yeah. true. I guess true. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's either a rewind if it's something you've already seen, or it's rewind, in the, like Miles said, in the sense that it's something from the past. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all right with the name, by the way. I'm just uh, giving you guys a little bit of crap. because you, You're still, you're, you're still <laughs> hurting over that, I'm still you? bitter. I'm still bitter. <laughs> I'm going to... Hope you didn't have money on this, Miles. <laughs> no, 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 no money. Vegas but, wasn't taking odds on this? Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, no. No, not not tonight. Uh, listen, we, we talked about this a little bit before we got started. And just so we're clear with you guys that are listening in on this podcast, we, of course, are in the middle. Our, the first shows that we've been discussing have been Dark Angel and have been Charlie Jade. And if you are interested in ever watching these shows ever in the future, we cannot guarantee in good faith and in good conscience that we will not be spoilery at times. Mm. Um, we try not to be within reason. We won't give any major spoilers. Dark Angel dies. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I never even watched the episode. No, but yeah, there's, there won't be any major spoilers that we're aware of, but uh, that I know of, um, but, we'll, but we won't guarantee there won't be any there. 
Does that sound about right, Kevin? Is that a good disclaimer at the beginning? Yep. We'll, we'll do our best, but uh, no guarantees. If you don't want to know anything, then you probably wouldn't be listening in the yeah. first place. By the way, I had uh, Colin from England on our podcast. We did that whole Tron show, and he said mm-hmm. he, he refused to listen to the podcast until he had watched the, the uh, Tron. So, you know, that's a good idea for any – it's not that you don't ever listen to us. We would love to have you listen to the show sometime. But if you are haven't watched it and want to watch it, we don't want to spoil it for you. Well, very good. Well, let's uh, let's jump in to the podcast, I guess. And why don't we start out by just talking. We have some listener feedback. We'll share that a little bit later on in the show. Why don't we start with um, Charlie Jade this time? I think we char- started with Dark Angel last time. Let's start with uh, Charlie Jade, and then we'll move into Dark Angel. Miles, yes. let's. Uh, can I put you on the spot? Tell sure. me your impressions of Charlie Jade. You are up to episode seven. Is that correct? That is correct. And um, off air, you had warned me that some of the middle episodes, you, you kind of have to kind of just really just kind of plow through because they're almost like standalone episodes in a way as far as not – they kind of have their own – plot and then get the resolve at the end um they but, do play in but you don't see that in episode seven mm-hmm. so uh yeah so I'm, I'm through episode seven and and still enjoying it um interesting seeing the relationship between uh charlie jade and that uh, reporter um yeah and, carl and um and also uh the character the rena character um a little hard watching that one episode with her uh i was good looks like somehow she found the, re- the resolve to keep going. Um, but th- they have put her through the ringer. Oh, but, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, from the from the get-go. I mean, mm-hmm. she loses her companion in the mm-hmm. old universe, uh, I guess what we'd call the uh, green, green universe. What's yeah. it called? Gammaverse. Yeah, thank you. The, the, I couldn't remember the name. The Gammaverse. And then she deals with everything. gets sick, gets she's, kicked out. And she's then on, she's, she's on the abused, run. raped. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty brutal. And 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 they're trying, you know, this this uh, this terrorist organization or whatever it is manages to convince her to be a suicide bomber, and uh, they figure they could degrade her enough that she'll want to do it just to die. And it looks like that's what she's going to end up doing. But somehow she found finds the resolve to keep going. So was that in the last episode you watched? That was the very last, yeah episode seven. That's where she uh, uh, decides not to blow herself up and those yeah. people up. So. It only gets better, Miles. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. But um, <clears throat> so, favorite character so far in the series? Um, I don't know if I, I, I'm still enjoying everybody. I think everybody's interesting so far. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite per se yet. Um, it's interesting what they're doing with the Jasmine character because now, I mean, the whole the idea of the she's a level three as far as. The uh, Which cast those, structure, I guess. Yeah, for, for those of you that haven't watched the show, uh, it's kind of a uh, a cast society, and level th- level three is like the lowest, right? And watching oh, yeah. her struggle to you know to survive and what her next move is now that uh, at least uh, for now Charlie is not in her life and she can't enjoy the life of a level two. So, but uh, yeah. just a uh, level three is a very dire place to be. Yeah, very grim. I mean, a lot of stuff you're describing, a very grim show in some in some ways. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I like the show, but sometimes it's kind of hard to watch because it's, uh, it, it's it def, definitely a very dark tone to it. But it, I like the, th- the the way they present the universes. Um, uh, Alphaverse is the verse that Charlie Cade from, very dark, um, was it dystopian, whatever, you know, uh, 1984-ish uh, 
Blade Runner-ish type Yeah, type a little place. bit. It's a good then, description. Um, Gammaverse is total opposite. It's paradise. I mean, you Eden. see these beautiful beaches, you know, very picturesque scenes. And you kind of have, I guess, what, what is our verse, beta verse, some, kind of somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on some of the things that Miles is saying here? No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, part part of the thing that uh, I always try to tell folks when they're watching the series is you're probably not going to like the lead character or even some of the other characters, especially early on. Uh, and Miles hit it perfectly there in the sense that it's a very dark uh, situation and, and it's very uh, gritty reality. Uh, some of the stuff you were mentioning that happens to that one character, Rena. I mean, it's it can make you uncomfortable. And, and as you said, you're doing the juxtaposition of moving between the wonderful Gammaverse and uh, our universe, so to speak, or one similar to ours with uh, Vader and other things. So for a while, you're kind of like a ping pong ball bouncing around. And that's that's not what you see in traditional TV. That's part of what I love about this series is it's very different. It, it definitely is. Um, it definitely is kind of a uh, a different departure from what you see in TV today. We don't ha- do we have anything this dark in television right now? Either Miles, what do you think? I'm trying. I mean, I remember the you know the new BSG had, had you know there there was it had its dark tones, but the, there was always some kind of. Um, resolution or tried a way one there was more humor in bsg compared to what there is in this show um but also there was there's there's somebody trying to find something redemptive uh so it's hard it's sometimes hard to find something redemptive in uh the charlie jade show at the moment well what about what about caprica caprica kind of ran this dark gritty gang world Maybe not quite as dark as Charlie J, but there's certainly darkness to it. Oh, definitely. I mean, with Caprica, you have you're dealing with um, mafia and organized crime. Uh, you're dealing with uh, religious zealots and um, the uh, you get some of the the corrupt dealings of of, of, of corporations so yeah it's something it was sometimes hard to find something redemptive about that too <laughs> definitely i know what's your opinion on that kevin yeah you can definitely see a little bsg a little caprica maybe even a little sgu to a certain point um, but i mean it's also a case of as uh, scott mentioned you, you know by the time you get up to episode eight or nine the tone tends to change a little uh, you've been introduced to this and you start seeing how the different characters are all going to kind of interweave together too so it doesn't stay you know, as dark the entire run of the series, like some of the other ones we mentioned too. Yeah, and I think especially with, and even 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 I found as I went on in the series, and this is beyond where Miles is at, but I find my my opinions on characters changing because we get new information about them. We find out stuff that makes the characters not all bad or not all good, but but they're kind of this juxtaposition of a both, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I kind of like that. I can kind of see why maybe this show, and I'm and, and saying this, I'm not you know downgrading the show at all, but but just knowing what what's palatable to American audience, why maybe this, uh, why we didn't see this on a Sci-Fi Channel or something like that, because I, I recall in our conversation with Edward James Alamos, that he said that the networks, I mean, they really like BSG. They said you guys got to do something to lighten this up a little bit. All right, and. Uh, um, so I can kind of you know see why maybe this 
this wouldn't have necessarily worked in, in American audience until they got on DVD later. Yeah. I think I think it did air on sci-fi, but it aired like at three in the morning or something like that. It started out in the evening and then they moved it back and it didn't end up. I, it, did it, really? Do you know, did it complete its full run, Kevin? Yeah, what they did, uh, like with, uh, similar to what you're saying, Miles, they, they, when they first did actually uh, buy the rights to show it, um, maybe 2008, um, was uh, it started in the summertime and it was uh, Friday at like 8 p.m. And they ran that in that time slot for like two episodes, decided that the ratings weren't worth it, and then moved it to 3 a.m. on Monday. Uh, excuse me, Mondays. You know, like you were saying, it just it's it's not doesn't fit the mold of what what folks expect to see and and it didn't get the numbers so uh, give them some credit for at least uh letting it run but boy three in the morning <laughs> yeah i know yeah. you have to be dedicated for that yeah yeah <laughs> if you don't have a dvr you are one dedicated follower just if you're watching the show right i wonder if there's anyone that did that well <laughs> alarm goes off at three i gotta go to watch charlie jane <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not quite that dedicated to my shows no. <laughs> but so. But I mean, again, that's that's part of the fun, I think, of this series um, is, is that uh, you don't sit down and compare it to many other things. It, it's going to challenge you. It, it's going to make you think. It's going to have things that you really don't like. And, and as, as Scott is alluding to, and, and I won't get spoilery, like with many TV shows, after several episodes, you think you have a frame for the character. And, and a lot of that gets totally uh, thrown up in the air and changed as you learn more about them. So you have to be open to to changing your opinions about some you might have liked that you don't anymore and some that you didn't that you now do. Yeah. Hmm. I think we had mentioned in our conversations about, um, and I won't give anything away here, but you know, one of the characters that really does happen to is, is Owen Boxer. Mm-hmm. We mentioned, we talked about, we that, did right? talk about that before. Yeah. That, uh, want to make sure I wasn't spoiling anything too much about it, but the, uh, you know, the boxer really, of, I think of the characters, the one that slapped me upside the face is, you know, and this is something you have to look forward to, Miles. Is there is a you get us you get another side to Boxer. He seems totally demented and perverse where you're at, but he is. There's something more to him. And so uh, maybe there's a more re- well. I'd be curious. Maybe there's some reasoning why he is the way he is. Yes. Okay. I yes. would say. Yeah, I would say. I would say that's a, that's a good analysis. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. All will be revealed, sir. And uh, yeah. Anyway, anyways, there's some other stuff I would love to say, but I just don't want to. I, I have some stuff I'd love to talk about. I just can't, though. Because, but. Yeah, see, knowing where you are, I, I know what you're probably alluding to, but the same thing. We won't get too spoilery here for yeah. the listeners' benefit and for Miles's, so we'll kind of hold some of those thoughts until we've yeah. gotten a lot further. But, but yeah. the interesting thing, how far did you say you're up to, Scott? I'm at 16. Okay, so there is a certain female character that gets introduced, I think it's around 16. Um, Does it have to do with the police? Yes. Uh, she's actually, I bet she's in maybe episode 13, 14. Okay. You yeah, it's the later, but, but my, my point kind of there, especially for Miles and other viewers, is this is a very important character to the bigger story, and you really don't even see her till the last five, six, seven episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the way the story is. It's going to make you pay attention, and, and you can't think, I've already got the cookie cutter figured out. I know where everybody fits, and I know where we're going. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, and some and some good stuff coming out of the uh, the Jedi girl, the Jedi. Oh Jedi. yes, yes, Jody, so, Jody the Jedi girl, Jody the Jedi, the little yes, girl so. in the desert. Mm-hmm. So that that's you know that's a lot of what it is. It's yeah, yeah. In fact, that whole that the, the, the most recent scene, and you probably know where I'm at, Kevin. But 
uh, the whole recent scene between her and Charlie and, you know, the enlightenment that he kind of gets, mm-hmm. phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal. And yep. uh, I, I see why people said earlier on when I made that comment about there being four universes, I see where they're at with that now. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. I maybe yep. said too much already. But. <laughs> yep. no, and that's why the series is very much um, a mystery as much as it is sci-fi because there's a lot of story parts that play out. And I know for me and many other folks, once you get to the end, you're going to kind of go, huh, i got to watch it again. I missed some of that. I don't remember this. I don't remember that. So that's what makes it very rewatchable is that uh, the many subtle things that you or most people wouldn't have noticed first time around uh, that make it very worthwhile to go back and see it again. And it's, it, it leads to a lot of good conversations, too. So, so does this mean we're starting a show called The Sci-Fi Rewind Rewind? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> what it, now, it, can you tell me this? And not to be too spoilery. Like we we often talk about, we have these series that'll run a season, they get canceled, right? Does does Charlie Jade read like a begin has a beginning, middle, doesn't have an end? Does it wrap up most of its ties, or are we left hanging on some things? You're not left hanging. There there is a uh, I wouldn't use the word conclusion. There is some resolution to <laughs> okay. things um, because there was still hope and room to 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 take the series to you know a second season and beyond but it it didn't come to pass so you know it's it's not you're not left hanging but then again it's not also everything in a big pretty bow either okay but you you won't feel cheated or anything but um you know and and at at the point that you've been through the series both of you um having had a conversation an interview on the on the charlie jade podcast with the with the showrunner uh, he talked about and shared a document with where the story was going to start in season two and it'll blow you away. So, but I can't say anything until you've seen the the whole right. series. <laughs> that, that that'll be something reserved for the so, uh, yeah, very, wrap up podcast about Charlie Jade and all that. So, well, we do want to thank uh, Radu for sending in uh, some feedback, and we he ended up watching all uh, twenty episodes of the show, and we will not thanks Radu for sending that in, but we will not share that until we've actually watched the entire thing. Then. I mean, I've read what he said. It doesn't, but uh, we don't want to spoil it for you, our listeners. And so uh, we want to say thanks. And if you watch the show and you want to send in your thoughts about the show, we would love to receive those. You can send them to myself, the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com or Kevin, they can send them to you. What's the email address they should send them to? Yeah. Our address is feedback at tuning into sci-fi tv.com. Yeah. So either way you can get it to us and, uh, We'll kind of stash them away and save them up for the final show. So, yeah, yeah, we, we, we want to thank too. I mean, it was great when Radu sent that email. He brought up some points, had some concerns, some thoughts, and he and I started a whole dialogue through several emails um, on some of the points, which is why these things are so much fun. They get us all thinking about different parts of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us about Dark Angel. Yeah, you're you're where at you're at se- you're like two you're at a season and a half now, right? Yeah, I'm right about the midpoint of uh, season two, so probably had another, I think maybe ten to twelve episodes since we last recorded. Right. Um, I'm very much enjoying the series. I would certainly recommend it. Uh, anyone who's got an interest in you know sci-fi, dystopian future, uh, Jessica Alba fans, you know things like that. It's 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 very much an enjoyable series. I know a lot of people are very passionate about it. They really appreciated the. The strong female character, uh, the character of Max, which she plays, can certainly kick some serious butt. Um, 
So that's always a lot of fun to watch that happen. Uh, season one had a big climactic ending. I won't get too spoiler there, but it certainly was a big cliffhanger leading into uh, season two. I, I liked the way they played it out. You know, you've got a, as I mentioned a little earlier, you know, Max is kind of being hunted down after she and several of her um, friends uh, broke out of that lab that they were all being, you know, genetically re-engineered at. So they've been on the run and, and the shall we say, the lab types, the government types have been after her, so that leads to a big conclusion in season one, which is which is pretty well done. Season two, and I'd heard this going in, again, not being too spoilery, it was a different tone, a different uh, take on it. Some folks kind of liked it, who were big fans of the first season, some did not. Um, and, and I can kind of see why. It's, it's definitely a different tone, it's a different approach. They've kind of taken away some of the big, shall we say, the bad guys. There's some different... Um, forces at play. There's also a bit of a, a different tone. There's a couple of new characters who I'm enjoying, but they very much changed the approach to the series a bit. So you do have to be ready for kind of like a mid, uh, shall we say, a mid-arc uh, course correction or a change. Do you, feel that, do you feel that hurt or hindered the show in your opinion? I don't know yet. I don't want to judge it because I still get half a season to go. So I don't want to say it's definitely been better or worse. It's definitely had me looking at things differently. I've, I've liked some of the changes. It's, it's made for some tone. You know, the first season, well, I wouldn't say dark. It certainly had a bit of a depressing tone to it. I mean, it's set in the future when things aren't as good. And uh, Max was kind of dealing with some tough stuff. So you kind of uh, were a little, I wouldn't say down, but you kind of saw yourself feeling bad there. So it was nice that it was, there's been some more positive resolution. But you also don't have quite as much of the, uh, what's the term? You're not quite as on edge each episode. It's almost like the episodes, like, it feels like the network came to them, which is what I think I read and said, uh, this, you know, aired back very early, like 99, 2000, 2001, and said, you know, uh, we need the stories to be a little more standalone-ish. You know, the big myth arc part is hard for people to get into the show. I guess the first season, you know, did okay, but not great in the ratings, so it came back and I kind of told them, hey... We need people to be able to jump in one episode at a time and enjoy it. So there's a little more of the stories where you're tying the bow on it by the end of the 42 minutes, which can still be enjoyable, but it's different than how it was where first season seemed like you had a bigger story moving throughout all 22 episodes. Hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't make it bad, and I wouldn't say that yet. I'm holding judgment there. There have been some really um, funny and some very entertaining episodes, and, and also you know one near the end of season one, there was one very dark episode that was literally brilliant. I mean, it was a very much a standalone story. Um, had an actor who's very well known in the genre play a character um, there and had to deal with Max. And it was a really, I mean, that was one of the best genre episodes I've seen in, 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 in several years. I mean, a very emotional story that really tied into the whole myth arc really nicely. So that there's definitely a lot of stuff to love in this series. Uh, and, and it's enjoyable to see, you know, the changing nature of... Uh, Max's character as she gets a little more mature and, and deals with uh, the impact of some of the choices she's had to make. You know, it's one of those things where you sometimes think as a character, you can see this person is thinking all they're doing is affecting their life and you don't realize this other ripple effects, which they've done a pretty good job of bringing that in. Hmm. I was just going to ask you, uh, notable guest stars you've seen in uh, the past, uh, this past season? Yeah, in this uh, in, in the second season, you've got um, a major character is played by uh, Jensen Ackles, who's on Supernatural. Okay. Uh, this is one of his first big gigs. He became a regular in uh, season two. So um, he's a bit of, I wouldn't say comic relief, but he's a bit of a smart aleck. So he's a bit of a foil for uh, Max, because Max a bit, has got a bit of an attitude too. So she's got someone else who can kind of go toe-to-toe with her, both uh, 
physically as far as fighting, but also uh, as far as the character goes. And that's made for some very interesting episodes that you didn't have a little bit in season one. Um, as far as other visible faces, there haven't been any really other big names coming through in season two uh, that I've noticed. You've got some folks you'll recognize as character actors that have been in uh, some other series, but for the most part, it's uh, it, it's some unknowns. They have one of the things I have missed in season two is Max uh, works as a bicycle messenger. You know, in this dystopian future where there isn't as much electronics and everything, uh, bike messengers become very important, getting stuff around now. And uh, she worked at a place called Jam Pony, and, and and I enjoyed some of the other characters who worked there too. It made for a good dynamic, kind of like her friends and the gang. They haven't been as prevalent in season two yet, which. Uh, is because of a shift in some of the other characters. And, and I kind of miss that. So maybe that's the only thing I might ding it on so far is there were some real characters that I really latched onto that I've only seen sporadically so far. But then again, some of the newer characters that weren't there in season one are also enjoyable. So so that's why I'm hedging a bit here, guys. It's I, I'm going to have to judge it in its in its totality once I get through the whole season. Yeah, so I, I'm not trying to like sound like I'm on the fence as much as to be fair since it is... Um, different enough in the second season that I want to be sure and watch the whole one before I say I liked it more or less than the first one. But but either way, uh, it's not a knock on quality or enjoyment. It's just uh, this is one that's making you think different. So I'd still highly recommend the show to folks who call themselves sci-fi fans who maybe haven't seen it or certainly want to see a, a, a cute girl in tight leather kicking butt. <laughs> and who doesn't? No. Um, well, tell me now from season one into season two, you mentioned there's a shift. Does that, does that, does that shift happen with, um, the tone? Like we talked about Charlie Jade being so dark. Um, is season one a lot darker than season two? And is that part of the shift that's going on? I think it kind of is because I think it was very much, um, season one was Max's journey a little bit, you know, she, she and, and some of her, uh, friends, or, or, or shall we say, uh, test tube baby type things in this genetically enhanced world. Um, you were dealing with them all on the run in different places and, and trying to find each other and, and battle against the government types who were trying to catch them and put them back in the, in the lab. So it was dark in the sense that you always felt like she was on the run and, and uh, you know, minute by minute uh, she might get caught or something, which made for some good tension. Um, and in season two, they've kind of that's kind of gone by the wayside. It's you know that that government organization isn't as powerful as it was, so she's not having to worry about that. It's more about her dealing with finding some of these other transgenics, as they're called, to to make sure everybody's okay. And, and her love interest, who's also someone who kind of like is a do-gooder type person who helps out society as a whole, is kind of a benefactor and you know has some money to be able to afford to do some of these things, and and that's changed a bit. So. It became. It definitely became a lighter tone. Uh, there's a little more, uh, uh, you know, uh, romantic angst between them and some other characters that that wasn't quite as prevalent in season one. So you've you can see that they've tried to, from the producer's point of view, probably tried to make the show a little more approachable. You know, some more female characters besides Max are here, and there's a little more, uh, you know, triangles you know, of who likes who. And like I said, the stories have become a little more um, tied up every week. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But again, it's changed from the way it was in season one. So you've got to be willing to, to look at it differently. Yeah, I just like some of the titles of the episodes in season one. Like Pollo Loco, The Crazy Chicken, Shorty's in Love, and Jesus mm-hmm. Brought a Casserole. <sighs> so they have some good 
<laughs> yeah, they, they've got some. They, they've got some good names on those. Like I got to give them credit for it. Like bat, like blah blah wolf wolf. <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. That's a good one too. Yeah, they are. They, they got some good stuff there. Is, is in terms of how they use those titles, it's kind of fun to to read them and to see how they bring it out in the app. This is one of those ones where you will. Uh, you read the title first when you watch the up you'll know why it was named such right. and such so um, now i now let's let's make some predictions here what do you think is going to happen let's be a, be a prognosticator here like what do you think is going to happen in the rest of season 2 make make like one or two predictions here kevin uh, my guesses are we're we're looking at max is still searching for what she calls her brothers and sisters the uh, the core people who had, had broken out of that lab with her so i i suspect we're going to find a situation of her Hopefully, finding a lot of them and maybe creating some some place where they can all uh, live uh, safely without uh, government chasing them down and people looking at them oddly. I, I suspect that's part of it. You know, educating the public as a whole that all this is going on. You know, the, in this situation, it's a little bit of a police state uh, in the future. So it's this whole idea of people being put down and not allowed to have any power. So I think we're going to see a, a chance for Max to maybe break through that. Oh, very good. We'll see if it comes true. We'll see if it comes true. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a lot of fun. Uh, and, and it's certainly more fun in the second season in the sense of, uh, you know, if you're someone who's going to watch the episodes for the sake of, uh, you know, seeing Max take care of something by the end of the 42 minutes, then season two is a little more your bag. If you're someone maybe who like, like have a little more of a lean towards SGU and BSG, a little darker, you know, a hero who's kind of like fighting a much bigger uphill battle. And that's where season one was a little more in those lines. Right, right. So different feel for, uh, different, so, so you feel like they hit two, two totally different audiences in some way? Yeah, and again, I got to, from what I've read and heard, I just think it's the network coming in and saying, you know, yeah. you, you need to get the ratings up. Uh, you need to make people feel this is more approachable if they can start in the middle, and we don't want to be making them all depressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, love them, hate them. You need the networks, that's for sure, to put on these shows. They so, are the money. They're the ones holding the bags. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a- right. A- anything anything else you want to say about uh, Dark Angel? Uh, I'm appreciating more as I watch it, realizing that this is now close to 10 years old. They did a real good job uh, setting up the fight sequences and, and touching on some of these stories of uh, dealing with uh, people who are different. You know, this whole idea that uh, these folks have been genetically enhanced or re-engineered, so they look like you and me, but they have other issues, uh, physical and mental, and, and, you know, how they deal with that a little bit. So we got we did get a voicemail in, and this came in from Justin, and uh, you guys played, Kevin, you guys played him over on the Tuning Into Sci-Fi podcast, right? Yeah, we just played this on our last episode. Oh, good. So, uh, and he did send in another one. Um, I guess it was just a kind of announcing his progress, but we'll just play this one here, and um, and then we can kind of give our thoughts on it, and then we'll wrap up the show. Hi there, guys. My name is Justin, and I'm calling in regards to your old, a little sci-fi rewind project that you have going on with the Sci-Fi Donor podcast. Um, it has uh, sort of inspired me to do my own little sci-fi rewind, um, and I am actually going back, and I'm in the middle of watching the entire Stargate franchise, start to finish, starting with the movie, going through SG-1, um, then on to Atlantis, then on to the cartoon Stargate Infinity, and finally SGU. Um, I started this last week with the movie. I am currently on the third season, 
of SG-1. Um, I haven't seen really past the first season before, so this is all brand new territory for me. Um, so I just wanted to thank you guys, and also um, I haven't really been listening for that long, um, but I wanted to know uh, what you guys actually thought of the Stargate franchise. Liked it, disliked it, um, what you guys thought of uh, thought of SG-1. Um, I know you guys have been talking about uh, Stargate Universe, but I wanted to... Uh, to, to see what you guys thought about the other two series. Anyway, thanks for all your input. Take care. Bye. So, so what do you feel about what he's saying, Miles? Um, I definitely want to get into Star, the other Stargate series myself. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed. SG- so you have not watched SG One or Stargate Atlantis, is that right? No, I have not. All right. So, I mean, that that is something I would like to sometime, you know, take on myself and watch those also. Uh, having really, I mean, I know SGU was a different show in a lot of ways, but it it, it was spawned from those shows. So, um, like you know, and you know, for what would SG one run for? How many seasons? Ten seasons. Ten, ten seasons. Yeah. So, it had something going for it. Obviously, uh, apparently, yeah. And you know, you, you are enjoying SGU very much. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and Kevin, your thoughts on this? Well, I have to give Justin big props because I mean, I, I'm very flattered that we inspired him, but. You certainly didn't start with anything easy there if you're going with the Stargate franchise. Ten seasons of SGU or so, four with Atlantis, uh, you know, plus movies and stuff. That, that You certainly have taken one big hill to climb there. We, we appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, and I really think that when you talk about the Stargate franchise, I think that when I go back and rewatch SG-1, I think the first season is one of the hardest seasons to go through because the effects, they're working on a very limited budget. Mm-hmm. The effects are, are very minimalistic and... Uh, and uh, very dated in some ways. And they constantly got better as the show went on. Uh, I think that the Stargate franchise is a phenomenal franchise. It's, it's rare that we've had TV shows that have, you know, given us, uh, you know, a good 16 years of television. You know, if, you, right. if you combine all of those years, not to mention uh, at least two, two, three movies out of the deal and an animated series I wasn't even aware of. Oh, animated series. Didn't you say an animated series? For SGU, SG, the SG fan size. Yeah, Cut. I didn't even know about the animated stuff at all, so that's brand new to me. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch any of the uh, the SG movies? Uh, no, no, and I I've only been one of those Stargate viewers that catches an up here or there. I've never been a big fan of of Atlantis or SG One. I you know watch them here or there, but I never was a dedicated viewer. Yeah, well, you know, it's that it's they are not. I mean, we talked about Charlie Jade being so dark. These are definitely not dark shows. I mean, they have their moments, but they're pretty light, humorous, mm-hmm. uh, comedic sci-fi in some ways. I mean, there's a story, there's the journey, but uh, you know, it's well worth it. I think that the franchise is definitely. Uh, I was asked on a podcast the one uh, sometime, you know, so which if which franchise is the is the one that you like the most? The Star Wars, Star Trek, or Stargate? So the fact that they link Stargate franchise up in there mm-hmm. with those two says that you know they develop quite the universe, which is something that we don't get with a lot of television shows. Well, I'm just thinking at the conventions, uh, you see a lot of guys dressed up as huge following, huge characters from the from the Stargate uh, universe, and uh, they even have their own fan clubs and they're represented at the conventions, and um, I'm sure the uh, um, the army surplus stores have gotten more business because of uh, um, you know guys wanting the, the camos for the uh, costumes and stuff. Any other thoughts, Kevin? 
Uh, no, I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm flattered that we could uh, motivate some of our mutual listeners to to want to start one of these things on their own. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and wrap this up? Kevin, where can they, uh, where can they find you? Where can they find out more about you and the shows that you're doing? Sure. Folks can find us at uh, all of our links at uh, tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. Very good. And uh, you can find us at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.com. And uh, we'll have all sorts there. And we, of course, renaming the show to, oh, I'll say the Sci-Fi Reclamation Project, Sci-Fi Rewind, <laughs> to Sci-Fi Rewind. And who knows, I might even work and get an email address so it's dedicated <laughs> toward that. You know, I just don't want to let that go. That's all I'm going to say. But, but no, Sci-Fi Rewind, thanks, guys, for voting on that. Thanks for your feedback. <laughs> Please, uh, Please uh, send us uh, other feedback, your thoughts. If you watch Charlie Jade, our Dark Angel, we want to hear from you. And you can email again. We gave you our email addresses earlier, and you can find them on our websites as well. So I believe that is about it. We'll see you guys later. Till next time, good night and good luck. Take care, gang. Sci-Fi Rewind is a collaborative effort between the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast and the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. If you would like more excellent sci-fi content please check out one of these shows please email us at sci-fi rewind at gmail.com